Live from the betting capital of the world. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Wager Talk with Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels. It's Tuesday here in Sin City, and you are watching Wager Talk, your Sports Central for betters. My name is Ted Sabransky. They call me Teddy Covers. You can find me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. Of course, joined by my co-host and good friend Ralph Michaels at Cal Sports LV on Twitter. Want to welcome all of you, Zumo viewers, Stir viewers, Pluto TV viewers, iHeartRadio Network listeners, podcast listeners. Welcome to the grid. Get on the grid. And let's get into it. Bad beats, bad bets, bad for the books. Before we go there, Ralph, we got to make fun of Mike McCarthy. We got to make fun of the Dow. I'm sorry. Okay, Matt Rule to the Giant uh, to the Panthers, good hire. No complaints with that. Uh, the Giants get judged from New England. No complaints. Mike McCarthy had as talented a roster as you're going to find in the NFL for a 10-year span in Green Bay. He made two Super Bowls. He won one. And now Jerry Jones just handed the key to the Dallas Cowboys franchise. We love making fun of Jason Garrett. Now we get to make fun of Mike McCarthy. Are you a McCarthy fan? And what's your take on the three hires over the last 24 hours in the NFL? I thought you were going to say McCarthy signs for Dallas for like $6 million and Matt Rule signs for $9 million with Carolina. So uh, a guy who's <laughs> never coached in the NFL is making 50% more than he is. Um, you know, I know I know Judge. Uh, again, this guy must have some talent because – to be a special teams coordinator, never having been an OC, never having been a DC. I know his name was in for the Mississippi State job. I know his name was mentioned for the Browns job. For him to go to the Giants, obviously he impressed a lot of people with his interviews. So to, for me, it's a wait and see. I have I have no idea what we're going to get from him because he's never been proven anything or never been able to prove anything that we can look at tangibly and say, yes, he's been a good coach. What about McCarthy? Do you think it's a good hire for the Cowboys? Because my whole thought with Dallas is, look, from a roster standpoint, the Cowboys are certainly playoff worthy, if not Super Bowl worthy. Okay, the talent is there for Dallas. What hasn't been there is the execution in recent years. So you say, hey, let's get someone who can think outside the box. Let's get someone who can be creative. Mike McCarthy is not that guy, certainly not at this stage of his career. Um, I thought that the entirety of McCarthy's tenure in Green Bay was excellent roster, mediocre head coach. They're walking, he's walking into that situation in Dallas. What's your take? Do you think McCarthy's the guy to get the Cowboys over the hump and back to the Super Bowl? I don't. I don't think he has the skin thick enough. I mean, there was probably no more protected head coaching job in, in pro sports almost than the Green Bay Packers. You're owned by the public. You don't have the media outlets. You don't get ripped by local media. I mean, every story in Green Bay is a good story. You go to Dallas, I mean, you're going to have, I mean, there's five offensive linemen that probably each have their own radio show in Dallas. You're going to get lambasted from the media in Dallas. And, you know, you. I said it yesterday, you really are a puppet in Dallas. You are going to be doing whatever Jerry Jones says. And I'm sure that was an important part of who Jerry Jones was going to hire. I heard in the interview, McCarthy said, oh, I, I've i looked at some of the analytics and I'm, I'm open to changing some of my offensive ways. But, you know, what does that mean? It means I need a job. Please hire me. Yeah. Over under Mike McCarthy in Dallas, three and a half seasons. What are you taking? 
I, I would have to, well, you know, I don't know. Look how long he's gone with Jason Garrett. I mean, you know, we thought year after year after year. So uh, with that being said, I'd have to go over, especially if he gets him to the playoffs next year. I'm going under on McCarthy three and a half years. I'm not convinced. And remember, Jones had a relationship with Garrett prior to Garrett being head coach, which is why he got an extra, oh, I don't know, six years more than he deserved. McCarthy doesn't have the relationship with Jerry Jones necessarily. Yeah, but McCarthy slept over his house. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess that in, in that case, they do have a relationship, but uh, I don't think it goes back as much as Garrett. Uh, again, uh, I'll take McCarthy under three and a half years in Dallas, and I'll take the under whatever number of playoff wins you give uh, me on the Cowboys during that span. We've got one game left in college football this season, which means the second to last game went last night, and that was. I'm not going to call it a thriller, but from a point spread perspective, it was certainly interesting. Miami O and under cash in the Alabama Bowl. The Raging Cajuns get the win, but not the cover. It was 30 days since they each played their last game, and it looked like it in the first quarter. So, you know, uh, obviously the points were there for the grabbing, and I, I thought maybe the offenses would would have some spark and try a lot of trick plays early, and, you know, that didn't happen. Congrats to ULL. Uh, first bowl win since, I think, 2014, an 11-win season. Uh, Napier will be on the, on the short list for some of these coaching jobs that open as we progress down the coaching tree scale. Yeah, congrats to ULL for winning the game. They didn't cover the point spread. We can't congratulate them too much. Uh, They're winning by 10, laying 14. We had a couple of middles in the NBA last night, and legit middles. The 76ers opened minus 6. They closed minus 8. Gallinari with two free throws missed the first, hit the second. That means it lands right on 7, right in between uh, for Philly and OKC. Same story in in Atlanta. Where the Nuggets opened as minus eight and a half road chalk. They closed minus seven road chalk. Lo and behold, they win the game by eight. And that's not all. The books also got sided in the Dallas game uh, against Chicago. The Mavs opened nine and a half. They closed minus eight. And they won by exactly eight. So not one, not two. Three different games in the NBA last night. Depends on where and when you made your bet whether you cast your ticket on either side. Well, we know how important shopping is. And, you know, in the NBA, there's a lot of games where we have big runs in the second half. But, you know, those first two games with the middles, those games were like right around the number. It seemed like the entire second half, they went back and forth, back and forth. So you were never comfortable whichever side you had. No, (laughs) you weren't. And speaking of big runs in the second half, Boy, West Virginia went on a big second-half run last night in Stillwater against Okie State. That sharp money for the Cowboys. That wasn't right. Yeah, that West Virginia defense, Huggins has them playing impressive. They're a top-five defense in the country. And when Huggins has them playing press defense like they do, the Mountaineers can become an elite team. They were nasty last night. When we come back, we'll talk line movers and NFL future book. Stay on the grid. 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. So we're really trying to build something here on the Sports Grid Network. Wager Talk is not the first show that Ralph and I have ever done. It is, however, the show that we are absolutely committed to and focused on right now. And we hope you've enjoyed the first few months of us doing this show. We're aiming to build something big and we need your help. Bottom line, find us on YouTube at Sports Grid Network. That's all fantasy and sports wagering all the time. Find us on Instagram at Sports Grid TV. All the likes, all the follows, all the retweets we can get, we appreciate. Thank you for your support. Let's talk future book lines. Where are we at right now? And I just took two books, Ralph, 
I wrote down the numbers for the eight remaining NFL teams at two sportsbooks. I used FanDuel and Caesars. You know, one a Vegas based book, one a Jersey based book. And even just from these two sports books, it shows how crucial it is to do some line shopping when you're betting these. FanDuel, Baltimore plus 200 at Caesars, Baltimore plus 200. San Fran plus 320 at FanDuel. What? Go. Let, let, let me just jump in and, and, and sorry to interrupt you, but you talked about how you had made a future bet on Houston and how the odds yeah. were you thought you had a good number and these opening numbers were close. I do want to point out for those people that watch that show, the only two positions you could have taken early in the year were Baltimore, who opened up as high as 30 to one, and San Francisco, uh, the this 49ers opened up as high as 45 to one, and now San Fran's plus 320 or plus 300. So while some of those were you didn't find any value, those two, the top two, clearly were the two that you could have made money on if you bought them at the beginning of the season. Yeah, if you can pick the Super Bowl winner in September, all right, <laughs> and the Super Bowl winner is a relative long shot like the Texans, you know, or, or like, uh, sorry, like Baltimore or San Francisco, neither of whom were coming in off dominant seasons and projected to be Super Bowl favorites from the get-go. If you can identify a team like that in August or September, you can absolutely cash uh, or put in a profitable future book wager on those squads. But for any of the favorites, when you're talking about betting them early, it doesn't make any sense. The numbers that you get now are better with eight teams left, are better than the numbers you got when there were 32 teams left. So let me run through uh, at FanDuel, Baltimore plus 200, San Fran plus 320, KC plus 350, Green Bay plus 600, Seattle plus 1,000, Minnesota 13 to 1, Houston 27 to 1, Tennessee 29 to 1. At Caesars, Baltimore plus 200, San Fran plus 300, KC plus 300. So for San Fran and KC, Better numbers at, K- at FanDuel than you'll get at Caesars. For the longer shots, you get better numbers at Caesars than you at FanDuel. Plus 800 on Green Bay, plus 1,500 on Seattle, plus 1,800 on Minnesota, plus 3,500 on Houston, plus 4,000 on Tennessee. So if you're betting the chalk or some of the favorites, FanDuel's the way to go. If you're betting some of the long shots, Caesars is the way to go. And that's just two books, Ralph. <laughs> I didn't go and put 15 books out there. It's easy enough to do. You have to be searching for the best number if you're going to try to make a profit, especially in the future book. Anything uh, on that list that stands out to you? Maybe a long shot uh, that's worth a look or one of the favorites that you think is worthy of a look. Out of that grouping, who are you going to play to win the Super Bowl? Well, you know, you know, as we said, we picked last week and, you know, we both were on the Chiefs. And I'm, I'm going to stick with the Chiefs, but I don't think there's value at three to one. You know, one thing I do want to mention is when you're betting a minus 10 each way, you know what the theoretical hold is. When these books are making their future bets, they all have different theoretical holds. So they're just giving you worse odds. There's no rule that says they have to pay back this percent. That's why those odds are different at different sports books. Different sports books try to go out and get more futures monies, so they give more favorable odds. Other sports books give worse odds, have a higher theoretical hold. So that's why the shopping is so important, let alone if you're finding line moves from once they open up for that week. Yeah. So of the long shots, and that's an excellent point, Ralph. 
of the long shots, Seattle 15 to 1, let's say Minnesota 18 to 1, Houston 35 to 1, Tennessee 40 to 1. Minnesota, to me, is probably the most tempting of that group because San Fran has no playoff experience whatsoever. Jimmy G has none. Hey, Cousins got a playoff win now. Jimmy D doesn't. Um, and when we look at the NFC, once San Fran's out, everyone knows Green Bay is vulnerable. Everyone knows Seattle's vulnerable. And that puts the Vikings potentially in as a sixth seed in the Super Bowl. So out of the group, at the current numbers, Minnesota is the one that stands out to me. Agree or disagree? I completely agree. The thought process makes perfect sense. The negative part is that you had much better odds last week because they were a touchdown plus dog to New Orleans. <laughs> and just to point out, like you said, 18 to 1 at Caesars right now, after they pull an upset against the New Orleans Saints, the Minnesota Vikings were 20 to 1 in the summer. Yeah, exactly. So even after an upset against the Saints in the first round of the playoffs, <laughs> they're basically the same odds you could have had in, in midsummer. Yeah, we, we tell you not to play future book wagers early, oftentimes, unless you're playing long. You're allowed, you're allowed to play a long shot early. But 20 to ones, can't be doing that over the summer. Uh, even when you're out in Vegas, just hanging out saying, oh, this money's burning a hole in my pocket. Not if you want to make a profit long term. Betting on sports, future book wagers tend to be as weak as any out there. And remember, another way to get that with Minnesota, they'll be underdogs in every game they play. Take them on the money line this week. Take them on the money line next week. If they win, you take them on the money line in the Super Bowl. And you'll probably return close to that 18 to 1, if not better, for what, for what it's worth. Let's talk some line movers. And I didn't understand this one, Ralph. Maybe you could tell me. Big money on Providence overnight uh, on their road trip to Marquette. The Friars have been a very popular wise guy bet. And early betting action for Tuesday night. Do they not like Marquette? Is this a Golden Eagles fade or is this a Friars love? What's your take on the heavy Providence money that showed overnight? Don't have an answer. Don't agree with it. Providence one and six ATS on the road. Providence only road win was at DePaul on Saturday. Now playing a second back-to-back road game. I don't think they have anywhere near the offense to keep up with Marquette. Yeah. <laughs> the money's saying... Uh, I mean, it really, eight down to what, five and a half in, in that contest. Yeah. We've seen a big move on this one as well. Kentucky taking money as road chalk at Georgia. The Wildcats up to minus three and a half. That opened minus one uh, at a lot of places. So it's been a legit deluge of Kentucky money as they travel to face the Bulldogs in Athens. Teddy, Joe Ranieri and I do a college basketball pod. and. We were talking about this game. It is now January 7th. The college basketball season started November the 5th. This is Kentucky's first true road game of the season. Yeah, there's another team uh, that's in that same spot. We'll talk about later in the show, the TCU Horned Frogs playing their first true road game uh, of the year tonight as well. But note the fact that even though it's Kentucky's first true road game, they're taking the money. Penn State's taking the money as well. They were dogs at Rutgers. Now they're road chalk. Lots of support for the Nittany Lions. Another line move I don't agree with. So, you know, I, I am against I am against all three of these line moves. The rack is a very difficult place to play. I think Rutgers protects their home court. Shifting to the NBA, a couple of line moves worthy of note. The Sacramento Kings have some significant injury concerns tonight. 
as they travel to Phoenix to take on the Suns in the second of back-to-backs. The Kings may well be without Rashawn Holmes, and he is an absolute impact player for them in terms of his low-post defense. He doesn't move the needle on the point spread a whole lot, but he definitely moves the needle uh, on their on-court play. Bagley's not going to go again this evening. McDonavich is a very questionable uh, for Sacramento. We're seeing Phoenix Suns money as a result. The Suns bet up to six and a half, some sevens even popping up on Phoenix, despite the fact that, well, if you're laying seven with the Suns of late, you haven't cashed a whole lot of tickets. And we're seeing Brooklyn money today. Injuries a concern for OKC, who had their five-game winning streak snapped last night. Both Gallinari, who missed one of those two free throws last night, and Noel are out for the Thunder. And there was some thought that Chris Paul might be sitting on the second of back-to-backs. That has not been confirmed. Nonetheless, all the money showing for Brooklyn in early betting action today. When we come back, it's big game breakdown time right here on Wager Talk. Stay on the grid. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities, 
and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Want to be the next daily fantasy legend? Go for the green with DailyRoto.com this fantasy golf season. For a limited time, get free access to Daily Roto's PGA DFS product, including fantasy projections powered by Data Golf, PGA betting tools, and of course, the DailyRoto.com fantasy golf optimizer. Don't lay up. Go for the green with DailyRoto.com. Head to DailyRoto.com. And enter the promo code GREEN to access your free seven-day golf membership. That's DailyRoto.com, promo code GREEN, G-R-E-E-N, for your free trial. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. It's time for big game breakdowns, Ralph. We're going to go through all four NFL playoff games and the national championship game in college football right here. Then we'll shift our focus to hoops, NBA and college in the next segment. But heck, as long as there's playoff football, that's got to be the lead. And that includes the four games for this Sunday. We'll start in San Francisco, where I'm going back and forth on this one. 49ers minus seven, total of 44 and a half against the Vikings. And this number has been bouncing around. It went down to six and a half. Now it's back up to seven. Leading indicator books are saying expect potentially more San Francisco money. And some of this has to do with the spot for Minnesota. Uh, Being that, oh, you played Sunday and now you got to play Saturday on the other coast. Uh, On the road, not an easy task against a 49ers team that's been lying, lying in wait for Minnesota. But Kirk Cousins has a playoff win now, you know. San Fran is not battle-tested in the same regard as Minnesota. And even though the money's come back on the 49ers, I can't get that out of my head, Ralph. I understand San Fran had a brilliant regular season, as good as anybody in the NFL, this side of Baltimore during the regular season. They were certainly proved capable of battling with Baltimore right to the wire. But, (laughs) and it's a big but, that's all rearview mirror. The playoffs are a different animal. What's your take, Vikings and 49ers, with San Fran now back up to being favored by a full touchdown? Well, Teddy, I'm glad you asked about that six-day rest in the NFL playoffs because, of course, I have an answer for you. And the answer, the short answer is this. Going back, they've gone 6-12 and 12 against the spread the last six years. Those teams with only six days rest against a team with a bye. But when you break it down, if they're getting six points or less, those teams have gone two and 11 against the spread. If those teams are getting six and a half or more in the range the Vikings are in, there's only been five instances. Four of those have covered, so they've gone four and one against the spread. So perhaps that inflated number, getting near a touchdown or over a touchdown, is giving, you know, is the reason those teams are hanging in. 
you know, there's oftentimes we talk about rust versus rest, and we automatically assume that rest is better. Um, but, you know, we've seen teams come out that have a great postseason, take a week off, have an easy week 16, and then all of a sudden that offense takes some time to, to get used to get going in the first half. The only thing I'm looking at in this game is I'm looking at the first half under just for those reasons I explained. Minnesota's going to try to run the ball. I absolutely think they're not going to try to get cute with Jimmy G early. They don't want him to turn the ball over uh, in, in for the potential to get his first playoff win. I think you have a conservative game plan heading out. So, you know, right now the only lean I have is that I lean first half under between San Fran and Minnesota. Well, you mentioned Baltimore and and their regular season. Baltimore finished the regular season plus 107 yards per game. No team in the NFL in the last four years has finished the regular season at 100 yards or more. So Baltimore, statistically, the best team in the NFL in the last five seasons. Now they're laying nine, a total of 47, as they take on the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, it's a, you know, there aren't a whole lot of easy games in the postseason. Once in a while, you find one. Um, but, you know, with the, uh, just getting back to San Fran, Minnesota for one more second, you know, the initial lean for me is that you got to look at the Vikings with the momentum plus the points against a team that hasn't been there. And Minnesota, a dangerous, very dangerous six seed where the rest versus rust. With Baltimore, they're not used to getting by. Okay, I don't know that the rust is going to be a good factor for them. We certainly saw what happened in the playoffs last year with the Ravens. All right, regular season was good enough to make the postseason. In the postseason at home against the Chargers, it was 21-3 to L.A. before a couple of late garbage time scores uh, for Baltimore. In fact, uh, of the 230 total yards of offense, I think they had 229 total yards of offense, 153 of those came in the final two drives when they scored touchdowns in garbage time. That was last year. <laughs> and I'm sure that the Ravens remember that loss. I'm sure Harbaugh uses the motivator. You cannot compare Lamar Jackson as a rookie with Lamar Jackson as a second-year signal caller. This year he was an MVP. Last year he was a below-average quarterback. There's a, an enormous difference. From a defensive standpoint, however, I still have a lot of concerns about Baltimore. I know they made additions during the course of the season. I know this defense is better now than it was uh, in September. But their stats were mediocre. The eye test was mediocre. And when we think about the fact that the Titans were able to control the line of scrimmage in New England, run the football effectively in New England, keep the Pitts offense off the field for extended stretches, and win the game in a game where the passing game did absolutely nothing, where Ryan Tannehill was not sharp, and all they could do effectively on offense was hand the ball off to Derrick Henry. And that was enough to get a road win in Foxborough. So was that their Super Bowl? Are they fat and happy? Hey, we just did what we want, you know. Or is this team all of a sudden playing with an enormous level of confidence against a Baltimore team that may not match that level of confidence based on what happened last year? Ravens, again, regular season success means nothing in January. My initial lean, probably towards the dog and maybe towards the over. We know that the Kansas City Chiefs offense 
has was the strength of the team. We know that the Kansas City defense struggled mightily early. You know, all the way through that Houston game, the first six games, they were horrific. Boy, the light bulb went on. The pass rush came to fruition. They turned into a very good defense down the road, you know, and that's part of the reason I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. You add that defense to the Kansas City Chiefs offense. But now they're laying nine and a half, a total of 51 against the Houston Texans. Your take on the Chiefs and Texans. So I have no desire to step in front of Kansas City. I'm, you know, me, you and I came out with our Super Bowl picks. We both picked the Chiefs to come out of the AFC as the team to beat. You know, they were right there last year and didn't get there, uh, obviously, in uh, a thriller against uh, New England. But it certainly wasn't because of anything that Mahomes and the offense did or didn't do, I should say. And that offense is every bit as good as it was a year ago. And the defense is noticeably and significantly better most of the time. <laughs> and the biggest improvement on that defense is real simple. They're able to rush the passer. And when you're putting pressure on opposing QBs, it makes your secondary a whole lot better. Tennessee's been vulnerable to good pass rushing. Or Houston has been vulnerable to good pass rushing teams uh, this year. And the Texans, you know, continued. Uh, Tunsil had a great impact, positive impact for Houston. But there's been a lot of negatives as well. You know, he leads the league in false start and pre-snap penalties. Uh, you know, the holding calls, the false starts, and the sacks that Houston has given up. Watson avoided sacks like nobody's business last Sunday. Can he do it again this week? If he can, Houston might be live. If he can't, I expect KC to approach the four-plus touchdowns that they've averaged this year. And if they if the pass rush gets to Watson, it might be a bad, long afternoon for Houston. Um, it really might be. Uh, I, I, Kansas City is not a team I have any interest in stepping in front of right now. The, the next fact is simply a fact. There are only a handful of teams in NFL history that have won eight road games in a season. Seattle Seahawks, 8-1 and one on the road. Can they get it done against the Packers? Green Bay, a four-point favorite, 46-and-a-half. And again, when you look at these lines, San Fran minus 7, Baltimore minus 9, KC minus 9-and-a-half, and then you see Green Bay minus 4, it speaks volumes about A, the market support for Seattle, and B, the market disrespect for Green Bay. And that's real, okay? The Packers haven't wowed teams, anybody this year. You know, KC, sometimes you're like, wow. The Ravens' second half of the season was incredible. You know, <laughs> uh, it was really impressive. Uh, obviously, San Francisco, on more than one occasion this year, you'd be like, damn, look at the Niners. Green doesn't have those wins. All they've done is be efficient. <laughs> they haven't been sexy. They haven't blown teams out. The passing game's been hit or miss with Rodgers and his suspect receiving core. The running game has oftentimes carried the team, and the defense has been really good. But those aren't the type of elite numbers that create giant point spreads. That's why they're only laying four here, 46 and a half. I'll tell you what, the Seahawks weren't going to beat many playoff teams last Sunday. You know, they got a good one in Philly because Philly didn't have anybody healthy by the end of the game. Doing that two weeks in a row on the road in the postseason, not going to be an easy task. For a Seattle squad, again, hard to bet against this team on the road. Hard to bet against them catching points. Hard to bet against Russell Wilson, who all he does is make plays in the postseason. 
And Green Bay doesn't have to win. They have to win by margin to get there. All that said, I do think the Packers are the better of these two teams. You're not going to catch me with the Seattle ticket in my pocket on Sunday. When we come back, we're going to talk hoops, big game breakdowns, NBA, college. Don't you dare leave this show. We'll be right back. Stay on the grid. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Let's take a deep dive, Ralph. Talk a little bit of hoops for tonight. NBA and college, all from a betting perspective. Look, we get two hours, we'll do every game on the board. (laughs) We got an hour, we'll hit the highlights. And there's a ton of marquee matchups, TV matchups, etc. we want to talk about. We'll start in the association. 
uh, where the Toronto Raptors laying two and a half, total 220 against the Portland Trailblazers. And look, this has not been a pretty road trip for Portland. They're coming off another loss. Only one win on the road trip uh, for the Blazers so far. I don't know what else to say about the game in Miami uh, over the weekend other than that it was kind of a no-show. I know C.J. McCollum didn't play. Uh, It was a late scratch. He had a respiratory infection. He is expected back in the lineup tonight. But, you know, Portland trailed by double digits at the end of one, and they never really made a serious run to get back in the ballgame. You know, questions may be against the spread, but they weren't going to win that contest. They have gotten healthier in the front court. They are facing a Raptors team that continues to suffer additional injuries. Latest to go down is Fred Van Vliet, and he's a guy who I'm not betting Toronto without Van Vliet in the lineup because he doesn't affect the point spread, and he absolutely affects their rotations uh, and on both ends of the floor. An impact defensive player and a spark plug uh, on offense. Uh, for the Raptors. And again, he's a guy who doesn't move the needle. ATS, when he's out, those are players I fixate on at the NBA level. The guys that they matter a ton, but from a, is this guy a superstar? Will he move the point spread three points? No, he won't. Van Vliet's one of those guys. He's he's not out. He's doubtful for tonight. Uh, Definitely worth noting as the Raptors face the Blazers. Can Portland get right here, or the Blazers, they just are what they are right now, which is a sub-500 team on the tail end of a East Coast swing? Or is this a get-right spot uh, for Portland against a shorthanded Raptors squad? Well, the Blazers have dropped each of their last six as a dog. Let's remember that that Miami game that they know showed, Miami was without Jimmy Butler. But the problem is this. I, as you mentioned, Van Fleet's injury is one thing, if he doesn't play, being doubtful. But let's remember, for the last three weeks, they've been without Siakam, they've been without uh, Gasol, they've been without uh, Powell, and they're only four and five in that stretch when they lost all three of those players back in that Detroit game. So to lose three players for that period of time in one game, add a Van Fleet question mark in there as well. Even though Portland's playing so bad, you know, it's just one of these games, Teddy, where I really don't have an interest in either team. Um, Do you have a final word that perhaps you have a lean on a side or total because of those injuries? So in theory, it's a Blazers spot. I don't trust the Blazers enough to actually put my money on them in this instance. But have to play the game? Unquestionably for me, it'd be Portland plus before I did Toronto minus. Well, you said yesterday's show you like playing that hot team in the NBA, but we also mentioned earlier in line movers the injuries for the Thunder. OKC 8-1-1 against their spread, their last 10 games at home. The Brooklyn Nets have failed to cover six straight by double digits as an average in that span. OKC a one-point favor, 215. And this line has shifted within the last half hour. Now Brooklyn is the favorite here. Brooklyn minus one. The total still has been actually bet up a little bit, 215 and a half, 216. Concerns injury-wise for the Thunder, and there may be something that we're not getting, that the markets are ahead of the information right now. But Gallinari's not going to go this evening uh, for OKC. Uh, Nerlens Noel is not going to go this evening for OKC. The question is what Chris Paul does on the second of back-to-backs. There was some talk that Paul would sit tonight. 
I've not seen anything official. And yet the line move that we've seen over the last half hour is telling us that somebody thinks something and that is not necessarily somebody thinking that Chris Paul is going to play. Now, OKC has a starter as their backup, a Dennis Schroeder. You know, he's been a starter in the league for a long time uh, in Atlanta, and it's not like they can't run their offense when Chris Paul doesn't play. But on the second of back-to-backs, after their five-game winning streak was snapped last night, you can understand why Brooklyn is taking the money today, even though the Nets, again, a poor showing last night in Orlando, where the offense just couldn't get going, especially during crunch time. You know, the quote from Kenny Atkinson saying, we have a crisis of confidence right now. And the teams that have a crisis of confidence aren't teams I'm excited about laying points with, especially when the markets are moving heavily in their direction. There's a lot of value you can find on a team with the Lakers who have won five straight games. But if you look at their run over the last 11 games, they are just two and nine against the spread. Now you're laying 12 and a half with a total of 221 and a half against the New York Knicks. Yeah, so the Knicks gave the Clippers one heck of a battle the other day. Uh, and a lot of it was you know, Morris hitting threes late in the fourth quarter. Most of it was hot shooting. The Knicks ended up covering the spread, but they shot 57% from the floor and lost the game straight up. And that's always a red flag for me. When a team shoots, and their old rule, was if a team shoots better than 50% from the floor and loses, they're a fade their next game, they're not likely to shoot that well. The Knicks shot 57% and lost. And now they're playing a team coming off a 20-block performance in their last ballgame. Everybody was swatting shots for the Lakers last time out. Now, there are no point spread bargains with the LA Lakers. None. <laughs> Literally. You know, they're the most, as public as any team uh, in the NBA. With the you know the as big a superstar as there is healthy in the NBA right now, uh, in uh, the uh, city that is always going to attract as much attention as as anything, and you know the Lakers have lived up to all that hype and still made money for their backers. But as you mentioned, not lately. They have been an overvalued commodity. I won't lay here with LA. All that said, you know it takes a big leap of faith to ask the Knicks to shoot as well as they did the other night in a losing effort, and do it again. I like the way the Knicks have been playing. They've been making money for their backers. If I had to play the game, it would be the Knickerbockers plus. But the old rule, 57% shooting and you lose the game? Not next time. (laughs) Hard for me to back the Knicks tonight, even though I wouldn't be shocked if they hang around in this one for a long, long time. Let's talk a little college hoops, Ralph, and a bunch of TV games to talk about. This one's really interesting. Louisville coming off couple of bad performances. (laughs) And Miami, Florida coming off a dismal showing on TV against Duke. They got run out of the gym at home. Well, Chris Mack, the quotes, and Chris Mack's a pretty intense guy, Louisville's head coach. And his quotes uh, after their last loss, my initial lean was towards Miami, Florida. And as soon as I read those Chris Mack quotes, I didn't want to bet against Louisville tonight. What's your take? Louisville minus 13 and a half. Total 144 against the Hurricane. Losing to Kentucky into overtime in a game that you had opportunities to win and led in overtime by three points uh, is one thing. Then losing at home to Florida State is another. I completely agree with you. This Louisville team went into Miami in the season opener, won by 13. 
Uh, they have a road game at Notre Dame on deck. Nothing that's going to keep them unfocused against uh, Miami at home. This is a top 20 defense with a top 20 offense coming off back-to-back losses, including a home loss. That's a formula for a W for me. Yeah, I mean, Larry is a guy I like as a dog. I like as a road dog. But uh, Louisville might be a little bit of a hornet's nest uh, this evening. Uh, I would think we'll see a hornet's nest in College Park tonight. This is going to be a fun one. Maryland and Ohio State, two teams from the Big Ten that have conference championship aspirations and much more than that. Two teams that are both ranked in the top 12 and two teams that have seen some hiccups of late. Indiana or uh, Maryland off back-to-back wins, including an, uh, knocking off Indiana in their Big Ten opener. Ohio State off back-to-back losses, and they've shot poorly in each of those two games. A team that's top 10 in three-point shooting for this season has been struggling from beyond the arc of late. And doing a poor job with rebounding. A lot of that is Kyle Young, who is doubtful tonight as well. He had the appendectomy after the West Virginia game. So they needed him in that Wisconsin game. They got out-rebounded, and they were sloppy. An amazing stat for Ohio State. They're number 340 in non-steal turnover percentage, which means their opponent, you're just making silly mistakes. You're turning the ball over with bad passes. You're double dribbling. It it is not a a recipe that I want to back a team going into a Maryland team that has a top 15 defense. So to me, I I like the under in this game. Uh, Ohio State really has slowed the pace down. You saw them score 57 against West Virginia and 59 and 57 respectively against West Virginia and Wisconsin. And this to me feels like a heavyweight fight. Uh, two teams that are going to finish in the top four in the Big Ten. And I lean with the under in this. Yeah. And in the heavyweight fights, I tend to want to take points as opposed to lay them. I wouldn't be surprised the Buckeyes shoot a little bit better tonight than they have in their last two contests. I was talking about the quotes coming out of Chris Mack's mouth about Louisville. See the quotes coming out of Frank Martin's mouth? <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, Gamecocks have been through a little bit of a rough road in non-conference play. Uh, They're four-and-a-half-point home dogs to the Florida Gators, who Florida was down by 21 at home to Alabama, rallied to force OT, rallied to win in double OT. Can they take that momentum forward, or is the effort from the Gamecocks tonight going to be a little bit too much? Florida minus four-and-a-half, total 136-and-a-half. Teddy, it's that situation you talked about. Uh, Thank you for giving me that layup, which is going to go into a system here. And folks, again, sometimes we talk about trends and angles that are team specific. Sometimes we talk about systems. Systems much more important because it's any team that fits into that category. And this is a system, Teddy, that I love when I get the, yes, that makes sense system from you. And here it is, simply. You're off a home win, which you trailed by 10 points or more at halftime, and it went into overtime. If you fade those teams the next game, you're 19 and 39 against the spread, 33%. So it's a 67% fade. Fade Florida off a home win in overtime, which they had a which they trailed by at least 10 points at halftime. Does it get the Teddy covers two thumbs up? It certainly makes sense, you know, from a does it make sense standpoint, because the concept is real simple. You used a ton of energy rallying from behind at home. 
<laughs> and now asking you to do it on the road the next time is likely to be difficult. Uh, I certainly wouldn't talk you out of using that system, Ralph. It makes perfect sense to this better. Let's talk Creighton and Villanova. The Blue Jays, minus two, total 148 and a half. Jay Wright just earned coach of the decade. Well, this team's a dog tonight. Can they get the win? Villanova is a team that's been upperclassmen heavy the last multiple years. Well, they had a recruiting crew coup this year, and they have two five-star freshmen. What happens when you have a young team? You struggle on the road like they did at Ohio State, like they did in a neutral setting against Baylor, and like they did on the road against Marquette. Creighton, to me, is an elite team in offense. They're one of 15 teams that have won every game by nine or more at home in the season. This is a game I gave out to my customers. This is a game I already bet on the Creighton Blue Jays laying the points to Louisville. Now, when when Creighton Creighton beats Nova tonight, they'll call it an upset because Nova is ranked and Creighton isn't. Obviously, you know that it's not an upset if that happens. Creighton is the favorite. They are supposed to win the game. Ralph says he put it in his pocket and advises you to do the same. Wager Talk continues. Stay on the grid. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. We're here in the home stretch of Wager Talk on a Tuesday. And we're going to talk some betting definitions. I know there are lots of bettors out there who haven't been doing this quite as long as Ralph and I. All right. <laughs> uh, to put it mildly, um, you know, Ralph and I have combined close to 50 years between us doing this full time. So we know the definitions. Many of you don't. And it's, it's hard to ask. You know, there's not any good place to go, what does this mean? What does that mean? Sometimes you ask your buddy and then your buddy gives you grief. So Ralph and I are going to try to give you some definitions of some of the common sports betting terminology that we use. You don't have to ask anyone. And we'll start with this one. What is a push? A push is a tie. You lay three points with the favorite. The favorite wins by three points. All bets get refunded. Well, all bets except parlays, <laughs> uh, which different books have different rules. Sometimes you have a five-team parlay, one team pushes, then it becomes a four-team parlay. Other times, if you're dealing with some parlay cards, you can have ties lose on pushes. Now, my question for you, Ralph, why do bettors like pushes? Why should bettors like pushes? The old adage is, Pushing is a game is like kissing your sister. There's no, you don't want that. As a better, I want pushes. I want my money back in games where I'm not right. What do you think about pushes? Your definition, and do you think betters should be appreciative of pushes, or are they a kiss your sister kind of yuck? Hell, Teddy, a kiss your sister. You're saving. You're saving ten percent on every push. I'd be having a makeout session. Fortunately, I don't have a sister. But you know, I, I think your point is very valid because if you ask people, what would you rather do? Go one and one or push two games? They would say, oh, I want the thrill of a win and lose a game. So what? It's the same. No, it's not the same. Two pushes. You're getting all of your. money. You're not paying 10% juice. If you go one and one, you are paying 10% juice. The juice is what's going to cost you at the end of the season between making a profit and breaking even or breaking even and having a very good season. So that 10% push is a vital, vital necessity. Great stuff from Ralph Michaels. Wager Talk will be back tomorrow. Stay tuned right now for At the Window with Drew Martin and Sean Guastamacchia coming up next right here. Stay on the grid.